Howdy. Welcome to the Bait Shack Podcast, presented by hashtag Come to the Shack. Your home for freshwater fishing tips, grumblings from the grove, big game banner, and all the chum you can feed on regarding University of Ole Miss Athletics. We're coming to you from the Landshark Lounge on Lake Sardis, so grab a cold one, sit back, and reel in the Bait Shack cast. Welcome everybody to episode 71 of the Bait Shack, and this is going to be our kind of Sugar Bowl recap. We're going to talk a little bit about Lane Kiffin because there's been some rumors running around. We'll talk some recruiting, some new guys that we have coming in out of the transfer portal. Um, But tonight I have Wes joining me, Randy, Chef, and um, I think we got a lot lot to cover tonight, so let's just dive right into it. First things first, uh, the Sugar Bowl didn't go quite as we wanted. Obviously, Matt gets injured in the first I don't know, 10 minutes, five minutes. And um, I know, Wes, you and I covered like kind of a pregame a couple weeks ago of, you know, the keys to the game. There are two that are really standing out to me. And I'll be, I'll be honest, I can't remember the third one. But the two that are really standing out to me is you mentioned offensive line play. And that really needed to be a strong factor in the game. I mentioned turnovers that we cannot fall victim to that because Baylor's going to murder us on that. They were one of the best in the country at forcing turnovers. Those are two things we definitely lost on, but talk to us a little bit on either one. Um, offensive line play obviously failed. Those two, I think those are keys to the game. That's why we lost. But, Wes, take us off here. Yeah, um, kind of the first thing that I, I wanted to say tonight was the O-line, they, they sold. They, they looked lost the whole entire night. Uh, Nick Broker got absolutely demolished. Eli Acker, I was hoping, was going to be kind of just be the anchor of that line because he had been playing so well. He looked he looked awful. Um, Caleb Warren, you know, like I said in the preview, he still looked not 100%. Um, it was something that was super concerning, and you can't win a game when you're getting manhandled in the trenches at all. Uh, so we're definitely going to need to see some improvement in that group heading into 2022, and, and that'll start, you know, with a spring, summer, fall camp, and need to get a little bit more depth in the interior. Absolutely. Uh, Randy, what did you see? You were actually at the game, so tell us a little bit about that too. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, me and Reed went. It, um, you know, Like Wes said, the offensive line play was very abysmal, um, just kind of disappointing. That, that unit, while they hadn't been the greatest all year, had been solid. They played enough. Um, they played well enough, excuse me. Uh, being in the Superdome, just a great experience. It was my first time going there. That place is magnificent. I mean, that's a... I'm trying to think of the word. I mean, mansion doesn't feel right, but Coliseum doesn't either. It's it's beautiful. It's a great place to be. It's loud. I mean, that dome is loud. It was probably 75-25 Ole Miss fans, and that almost feels conservative. It almost feels more 80-20, but... The Ole Miss fans were there. They were loud. Um, you know, Lane couldn't have asked for any more there. You know, it was a good atmosphere inside. And it, the Ole Miss fans, it really just felt like the entire game they were waiting for something positive to happen and waiting for something to cheer for. And you saw that with the Braylon Sanders touchdown. You know, the place was insane. I thought the Superdome was going to collapse when that happened. Ole Miss fans were just throwing stuff in the air and, like, just partying. And unfortunately, that was the last time they had any chance to cheer for, during the game. Um, <clears throat> you know, Luke Altmaier got thrown into the fire there. Look, Luke played fine for what he was. You know, he got thrown into a game where he had no business playing. He played okay, right? Uh, the pick six wasn't really on him. He got tipped. He should have made a better throw. shouldn't have thrown that. But he had an open guy, got tipped to the line, got picked. It is what it is. He made some pretty decent decent throws, but I'm not mad at him at all. I'm more upset at the offensive line. Defense played well. Right? I mean, that's all you kind of can say. Defense kind of kept you in the game there. Uh, yeah. Shot, honestly, and one of the weird things I saw, you know, Jerry Neely played a game without a name name patch on his shoulder, or in his back of his jersey, excuse me. Uh, hadn't seen that. I noticed that too. Haven't seen that at an Ole Miss game, to be honest. Like, I'm not sure I've ever seen that. 
I don't know if he lost it on the kickoff where he kind of got laid out early, like at the opening of the game, but I, early in the game, probably first quarter, I looked down and I was like, why does Ely not have a nameplate on? And, you know, that's a little uniform tidbit, I guess, you know, on those new uniforms. And, uh, Chef, you were also at the game, so tell us a little bit about, a little bit about your experience, but also what you thought about the game. Yeah, no, I pre-game too hard, so by the time I got there, um, I was already just out of it. And then Corral went down, and I decided to black out. And I don't remember anything after Matt Corral getting injured at all. Like, I don't remember anything. Like, legit nothing. I could not tell you anything that happened. So, Reed, Reed left the chat pretty early then. Um, did, yeah. Do you remember? I just remember buying – I do remember buying cups of wine. Like <laughs> – like they just had cups of Pinot Grigio. I just remember buying cups of it. Do you remember giving me COVID? I didn't give you COVID. <laughs> Everyone got COVID. You were not singled out. It's not something. Everyone had COVID. You had COVID, and we we shared a drink, and then I ended up with this. I'm gonna blame it on on Chef there. I yeah. think we can 100% blame this on Chef. I think no, you fair. can't. I was just trying to be a generous person. How much? I, that was like cup. The, the interception wasn't Luke's fault, but you know, co- just like COVID wasn't your fault, you were still responsible. Just like Luke was yeah. responsible. Reed, how much did I spend on drinks in how, the stadium? How much did you spend on that one little shooter of wine? That was $30. Yeah. Woo, buddy. For I sh- didn't care at the time. For a Looking shooter back, of wine. I should have. <laughs> I think no, they were ten each because I got when Co- I, I found Cody and his girlfriends, so it was thirty for three, so it was ten dollars. Oh, okay. I thought it was thirty for one. Yeah, no, it was ten dollars. So no, I spent one hundred twenty dollars on alcohol in that stadium because I got a daiquiri oh Lord. and a whiskey coke before the game started. If I would have went to the game, I think I would have looked at my bank account and said. I may never, ever financially recover. From I will this. never step foot in that state again. I'll never, yeah. You will never see me in Louisiana. New Orleans, I had enough in New Orleans for two nights. It's a fun place to go, but oh my God, I am broke. I'm too old for it. My Same. body. It wasn't good. I spent the I night- always say 70, 72 hours in New Orleans, I think, at this age is probably okay. That's about what, what I get- spent, yeah. We got there Wednesday night and left Monday. I'd never go back again. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm 22. You, you went over the 72-hour limit. I got there on I'm Friday. And, two, two days is good for me. Yeah, I got, I got there on Friday and left on Sunday. We ended up spending the night in Baton Rouge Saturday night, but it was still just – that's too much. It was a lot of fun, though. All right, so let's talk Luke for a second if you guys – I feel like we all kind of have a little bit of opinion on there. Um, Randy, you definitely touched on it a bit. A lot of people saw Luke throw that long ball to Braylon and thought that he was the truth. And uh, there were actually some, like, pressure passes where he, he threw some dimes. He got out of the pocket. He found some guys that are open. I feel like that's going to happen when you make your way out of the pocket. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt a little bit. Look, in my opinion, I think that he could be serviceable as next year's quarterback. He could be great, could be fine, could be good, whatever you want to say. I don't think we need to put all the eggs on that basket. I think definitely get a QB transfer. Um, Wes, I'm going to come to you first because you and I were talking about this a good bit during the game too. Um, He was kind of slow on some passes, kind of slow is generous. Um, He was also not hitting the first read, not hitting the reads that mattered. Um, There were some some problems in this past game that were very noticeable on TV. Um, But Wes, go ahead, take us off here. When When you say like he was slow in his reads, Using the word reads might be a little bit generous. He was not surveying the field. He was dropping back. He was looking right at either Braylon Sanders or Drummond. If they weren't open, he was kind of stuck. And if they were open, they were. it was two steps too late, three steps too late, and the defense was already breaking down on it. That inter- that late interception, was he telegraphed that pass the whole way. I knew exactly where it was going. And the safety made a great play. It's a great defense, and you can't you can't make those mistakes. Um, but like I, I agree. He showed flashes of having some talent. You know, he had a much better deep ball than I thought. I was very I was I was pleasantly surprised, and in, in how he can throw the ball down the field, um, the accuracy and the the reads and the surveying the field that's going to come with experience. But sometimes when you're going to be the starting quarterback of an SEC West program, they need to be a little bit more developed than they are at this moment. So 
we we need we need somebody to compete with Luke. I like that take, Randy. I have a hot take here, and this was something I was kind of screaming at the stadium, and I think Chef was too. Um, in that moment, I think I put Plumlee in at quarterback, and I know, yeah. I, I know I'm look. Hang I'm, on, can I? Can I? That, that's where I was going to pause you there. I just want to. I I don't like interrupting you here, but let me let us just make it known real quick. Randy is the JRP hater of this entire bait shack here. I am. So Randy, oh, I don't, I don't like him either. You saying that? Oh man. <laughs> Um, I had the same opinion in Tennessee at the Tennessee game when Corral went down. My first thought was put Plumlee in and run like a triple option Veer style offense. He knows it. Just don't throw the ball too much. Let him, you know, try and break one loose. I, I think that's what I would have done in the Sugar Bowl. He's played high level, you know, quarterback position before. I think I go there before I go Altmeyer. And I don't think Luke even played that bad. I just think it's asking a lot for a freshman. It's asking a lot for a guy who's played probably what two snaps this year. All right, you know he might have played more than like some, less some, than ten. It's definitely less than ten. Yeah, he probably I played. Just want to jump in real quick and say that his snaps against Auburn were not those. Those are not. That's not fair to judge him based off that. No. Two of the four of those passes were behind the line of scrimmage, and one of those wasn't even a pass. Yeah, like, no, no, no. Five for five is bullshit. Eight. Oh, and one of them he threw to the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I forgot he played some of that game. So he's probably played, what, 10, 15 snaps this year. You throw him into a Sugar Bowl where, let's be honest, your team, the heart of your soul, the heart and the soul of your team has just went down. It was a tough situation for Luke. I think I put Plumlee in, and I run some t- some style of just heavy run offense. You weren't getting much on the ground anyway, but I think I still try that. I think I would try that before I'd throw the ball too much. But they seem to really want to just stick with Altmeyer and keep Plumlee out of quarterback. I don't... I don't understand why. Maybe they have a good reason, but you know, in stadium, I was just like, man, just put put ten back there and see what he can do. If he, you know, if he gets nothing, okay, cool. But you know, Altmeyer, like like Wes kind of eloquently put, he can put it a little better than I can. Um, he sees X's and O's better than I do. But you know, I think he played fine for what he was asked to do, but it still wasn't good. You know, it wasn't good. I don't know what I expected, but you know, I, I'm not mad at the kid or anything. He didn't ask for that. He played all right, but you look at the stats. He played the whole game. Yeah, he did. Yeah. They threw the ball. He, they, they threw the ball twenty-eight times, and he only threw for one hundred and seventy-four yards. Well, they didn't ask it, to me it, from what I saw. It didn't look they asked too much from him. They tried to air it out a few times, and they got a big pi on one of those plays. I think he threw the pick six right after that, and then they threw it deep again to Braylon, and that was a touchdown. But you know. I don't. They didn't try to ask they too did. much from him, but at the same time, I think putting him in the game was asking too much from him. Yeah, I mean, he only completed fifty-three percent of his passes. Yeah, and that and that's that's with not letting him throw downfield a lot. No, a lot of those were behind the line of scrimmage or pretty much at the line of scrimmage. And I do before we read, we're gonna throw it to you in a second. But just like before we do that, I do want to say like because I know the three of us have talked about this a little bit. That doesn't mean that we don't think Luke is the answer next year. I do think that with a little bit of improvement, he could be a serviceable quarterback. It's just that we definitely want a little bit of competition, a little bit of depth. I think getting a quarterback out of the portal is very, very important. Chef, what did you see? Uh, Luke did better than I thought he was going to do. Um, you know, I know he knew he wasn't supposed to play in that game. I mean, they kind of just threw him in there. Nobody thought Corral would go down for the whole game. When he went down, I knew it was over. His body finally gave up. You know, he's been on almost on E all season. But Luke didn't do bad. I, uh, he's He did better than I thought he was going to do, but we definitely have to get a transfer quarterback. Like, it's non-negotiable because we have two scholarship quarterbacks. That's it. And <coughs> you have to get somebody to compete. I mean, if Luke competes and wins a job, that's fine. He'll do great. If he doesn't, I mean... We'll have somebody, and at least a backup if he if the transfer quarterback goes down. I think also like with that, Luke needs somebody to push him. Like Matt, Matt's whole change in personality and you know rise to stardom came from an off-season quote-unquote quarterback competition. When we all know in all in all seriousness that Lane Kiffin wasn't going to start John Rice Plumley, but. You know, Luke needs somebody to 
make him be someone the team wants to play for. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not. I hate to say it because I'm not ready to write off a, a freshman quarterback, but like you guys said, he needs competition. He needs somebody to push him. I don't I don't think Kincaid Dent is that guy. I don't think. No, he's not. I think you know he's not. Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah, let's, you know, I don't. Th- I don't pretty sure. <laughs> My grandma knows he's not. I'm pretty sure Kinky Dent's not the guy to push Luke Altmaier to become an SEC quarterback. And you know, you need a guy to do that. Whether you know, even less. I don't. Know, I hate to say it because. You know, Jackson Dart comes in, and Jackson Dart's incredibly talented and could possibly take that job. But it's also competition. It creates a quarterback competition to replace, you know, Matt Corral, the best quarterback you've had, you know, honestly, in a long time. I mean, you've had some really good ones, and Corral's probably the best one. (laughs) So, you know, you're looking to replace an all-time great quarterback, and you can't go into a season with just, hey, Luke Altmaier's our quarterback. Let's hope he figures it out. I'm not putting all my money on Jackson Dort. This is all in theory, obviously. Yeah. yeah. If he does come here or whatever, I'm I'm not I'm not saying one's better than the other, but I do think just the need for competition is so much greater than just thinking that Luke Altmaier is the guy and can do it. He might be able to do it. Don't get me wrong, but we need some competition in there to make sure that we're set up for a 12 game season. 12, exactly. 13 game season. And I do want to touch on this. Our fans, you know, screaming, oh, we don't need a transfer quarterback. You know, we just, we have Luke. No elite program just relies on one QB. If you notice Alabama, how many quarterbacks they have, if Bryce Young went down, they would have Jalen Milrow, who's a high four star from Texas. If Georgia went down, I mean, if Stetson Bennett went down, they had JT Daniels, they had Brock Vandegrift, they had, they had options. If Luke went down next year, we would have Kinky Dent and a preferred walk on. That is it. You have to have depth. Hell, even this year we didn't have any options. Yeah, no. Well, and that's we had Luke, but Luke kind of proved that like he wasn't going to be able to lead us to ten wins. I'm, you can disagree with me on that, or, but he was not getting us to ten wins. No, I don't. Just, I believe that Luke could do it, but not next year. I don't know. I think that's just where I stand right now. I think Luke in two years, maybe. If you give him another year to Look, Lane, learn. Lane's really good nine. with quarterbacks, don't get me wrong and all that. I, I don't think 10 wins. I agree with you, Wes. Um, but I do think he could make a big jump next year. It's just that that's the exception, not the rule, in my opinion. You need to bring somebody else in. So two, ahead, two points on this, right? You need, like, like Reed said, you need depth because with the offensive line, if they continue looking like they did against Baylor, right, and you're losing guys off that offensive line, if they still if they're not improved – you're going to have people hurt. You're going to have your quarterback hurt. You're going to have Kinkhead Dent taking snaps. You need depth, right? Two, if you want, I mean, let's just take this year, because this year we have something to kind of work off of. How many games do you think Luke Altmaier wins at quarterback? And the way to kind of do that is how many games do you think Matt Corral was the difference in? Because I can tell you right now, he's the difference in Tennessee. He's the difference in Arkansas. Two. You know, two come to mind immediately. Two come to mind immediately. He's probably the difference in that, you know, egg bowl. You know, the defense played well, but Corral was also, you know, a dog. That's three potential wins. You know, egg bowl's kind of a toss up. Altmar might could have won that, but so so your ceiling is eight wins. I think your ceiling. That's kind of what I'm getting at for next year. Yeah, I think eight's in the, the ceiling with Luke next year. I think that's fair. Yeah, man, I, I need more offensive targets. I need. I need a wide receiver before I say. I do not trust this receiver core. I don't care. I don't. I don't either. I think. I think the ceiling right now is seven. I think you need to add some receivers to this. I think you need to shore up that offensive line a little bit before I can say eight. You know, the defense seems like they're improving. The defense has got better throughout the season. Now you're replacing that coach as well because every coach on the team left. But you're replacing that defensive coordinator. So who knows? But. I, I, so do we? Go ahead. I, saying, I, I guess we've named Partridge defensive coordinator already. So, is is that official? I don't know. I asked you about that like yesterday Nothing or the other day. Official. I'm super there, confused. There was a two four seven article. I sent it to you, Randy. Yeah. It, and it literally, it literally said Partridge defensive coordinator. Like gave him the title and everything. And obviously, you can't trust two four seven. I I always make that joke on my feed and everything, but. I don't know. It looked pretty official. I, I don't know where else we're going with DC. Um, yeah, I'm okay with anything. Partridge. I'm okay with Partridge being DC. 
Same. I just haven't seen anything official about it, so I don't know if he's officially the guy yet, but it feels like that's going to be the guy. And then yeah. you got to keep him at all costs. I have no yeah, absolutely being defensive coordinator. He, he's been killing it. I I very th- I think go ahead and promote him. He's he's been great. Keep him. Keep, I don't even interview anybody else. Honestly, I just promote him. Keep him, and you got to keep Joiner. And then you lost Watson already, which I hate that. But yeah, well, too late. I get him leaving. I I, 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 get, get, I get him leaving too. I get a lot of these guys leaving. <laughs> I think he probably left because Joyner probably said, I'm not moving to linebackers. Yeah, Joyner did such a good job. You can't move him. Joyner, Joyner's a really good up-and-coming coach. I, I, do, I, know, I know that Ohio State's going to take him in a year or two, but he's fun to, he's fun to have when we got him. Yeah, yeah their, their D-line coach up there at Ohio State is revered and loved. So, you know, I'm not, he'll be there for a little bit longer. So I hope so, because I know they won't, they're, they're going to hire Joyner whenever they, whenever they have an opening. <laughs> I'm going to miss Chance Campbell dearly. Yeah. Dude. And Tyler Knight. Oh. That's one name I did not think was going to hop in the portal. I definitely hate losing him. That that feels a little personal. Like, that, that feels was like, our yeah. guy. That feels like, hey, you brought in, like, 20 DBs. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> and a bunch of DBs that have the size that he doesn't. And it's kind of just like a look, man. He had the quickness. I don't know. I, I like Tyler Knight. He proved me wrong. Oh. That's one person. When Luke brought him in, I was like, why? Like, I was, he's tiny. Luke did that a few times. I, yeah. I was very pro-signing Tyler Knight. Like, I, I kind of fought for him when that recruitment was going on. and That Mississippi made? Well, no. But I watched him in that MS Alabama All-Star game, and he was hitting really hard. And I thought, you know what? Just take the kid, figure out something, put him somewhere. He can hit hard, and you know, he kind of made a spot for himself. He was kind of that Kalo Moore type DB who played special teams, and then every once in a while came in to play DB. But he made some really good tackles. He made some huge. He made some huge plays for us this year. Yeah, he did, and last year he had some yeah. speed oh, last on year, the edge the- too. Um, Mark Robinson kind of did the same thing, and I'm starting to wonder if it's just like a running back converted to defense type of thing. But, like, it just looked like they had so much more acceleration than everybody else on the defense. Like, they, yeah. would, they, would, see a, they would see a gap to the quarterback and just hit it so hard. Or not, not only the quarterback, obviously, just like anybody behind the line of scrimmage because Thailand didn't get that many sacks. But, oh, my God, it just looked like they just hit that like nobody else on the defense was. They were also fearless. Like, they didn't care if they were going to get Fearless. hurt. Like, they kind of just threw their body at somebody as hard as they could and hit them. I mean, that was yeah. Tylen and Mark. Yeah, like, that 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 uh, that tackle he had against Louisville where he just threw his body at the guy and they just canceled each other out, but he was the one who went backwards was like, yep. oh, my God, man. This dude's 5'7". They don't care. They just throw their body out there and just hit hard. They're, they're running backs. They get hit mm-hmm. every day, like, a thousand times a day. This is just another another play for them. I agree. Yeah, um, I do want I I do want to step in real quick and just mention that like all that all that meowing you hear that's just Randy's new cat. It yeah. it didn't come over the speakers for the first like twenty minutes, but I hear it. I heard it. I just chose to ignore it. I was like, I maybe I'm just tired. Did you what? Did you get a cat for real? Uh, Dylan did. My roommate got a new cat, and it, it just got here yesterday. It's not really accumulated to the place yet, so he's kind of being a little loud. And um, nothing I can do about it. He's outside of the room, but little buddy's having a good time today. He had his nuts clipped yesterday, and now he's in a new place. He is having a good time. You know what? If I had my nuts clipped, I'd probably be meowing too. I feel yeah. like that's fair. I'd be pretty upset. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're taking. You just took something valuable away from me. I don't, I don't me. care my, if you close the door on me. My cat did the same thing. And there, there he is. All right. Um, do we want to move on to the next hot topic? Yes, I yeah. just got one, one more. I mean, I have one, I had one more question for Chef. Absolutely, honestly, like defensively. Yeah. Um, I know you you see D line like a lot better than I do. Um, who are some of those guys that we didn't see this year that are, have been working on adding some weight and getting better that you're excited to see come on this spring? Definitely, little clowny. I feel like it's been a long time coming. He's been adding on weight. He played in a couple games this year, but. If he doesn't show out this year, he's just not going to do it. He finally has one of the edges secured. 
And then another name who came in kind of this year was Iton, Isaiah Iton. He played in the Sugar Bowl a little. But overall, our D-line will be fine. I feel like we're going to have a lot more depth. Yeah, then you have the other, the new Canadian. You're yeah. getting Jaden Dix. Pause. <laughs> they said he I've put heard... on 45 pounds. Yeah, I heard he's he got big. Pause. Yeah. They, um... I don't know what his weight was, but somebody on, on three said if he gained 45 pounds, he would be 245, which. Yeah, that makes sense in the, because the picture I saw you know, with the whole commitment, he looked pretty skinny. So I, yeah. I, I'm okay with 245. 245. He's a redshirt freshman. I mean, if, even if he doesn't make an impact next year, he can, He still has time. Yeah, and, that, and he's he's a Canadian. Took a chance on him. I I really wouldn't see him, you know, hopping in the portal. I don't know where they that. find these Canadians. They're so random. It is super random. Uh, do we have a Canadian on staff? I don't know if they're like Canadian. Not that I know. I have of. no idea. It's I super don't. Odd. Not that I know of. Yeah. I'd also like to take this time to remind you all to donate to the Champions Now um, athletic thing so we can get better facilities. Yes. Give the money that you have and can give. I'm going to give $50 tomorrow. It's nothing, but it's something. Hey. It's always something. 50 is way more than they started. They started, the, uh, they started to demo um, part of the Manning Center today. Yeah. That's good. That's a good sign. That is a really good sign. It is. That they announced it a couple weeks ago, and they're already getting started on the Manning. I'm also excited for them to redo Vault Hemingway because I feel like we're all happy that um, Vault Hemingway is getting redone because it, we all agree it looks terrible. Yes. You remember like, we absolutely yes. terrible. <clears throat> we brought this up like, like what episode three of the podcast? Yeah. That they were going to do this, and now we're just now starting on it. And it's not gonna be done until we're like I don't know mid third like late thirties. Yeah, <laughs> it just blows my mind how long it's gonna take when, like teams like Baylor, Baylor built an entire new stadium in a year. Yeah, the amount of money we're paying for one side, Baylor spent on a whole stadium. Yeah, and they got it done in a single season, like an off season. Yeah, like they built an entirely brand new stadium with the same amount of money, and it looks a lot better than what we have, and honestly, looks better than what we're gonna have, but. Yeah, you know the Swayze the Swayze renovation does look really good. I know we, we've already discussed this. We shouldn't spend too much time on this, but the Swayze renovations they look really cool. That's going to be a nice atmosphere. Kyle, I think we're ready to move on. I know I know what our next topic is. I think. Are we? Yeah. Are we all ready? Yeah. We are. Let's get to it. So this definitely came up this week quite a bit. Um, we heard some Lane Kiffin rumors from a few different sources. I think. Um, that he might be going to the Minnesota Vikings. NFL jobs are opening up now, so obviously his name's going to get thrown in quite a bit. And uh, there were some scares this week, and I think there were there were a lot of, I don't know, feelings, interpretations, whatever you want to call it. There was a lot of stuff on the timeline on Twitter, if you follow Twitter or anything. Um, but I kind of just want to kind of collect you guys' opinions on this, feelings or whatever. Um, obviously, we're, we're now... I mean, it's 9.30 on Wednesday. I think these kind of rumors came out Monday afternoon. So we're about 48 hours removed. Obviously, he still could go to the Vikings, but at this point it kind of looks doubtful. Let's hear what you guys think. I mean, you know, where, where were you? Where where do you think we are now? Kind of just overall opinions. And, again, I don't know who wants to start here. Um, raise, I'll start. Go ahead. Chef, yeah. So I was, um, say, I was at work, and my phone starts blowing up. I got a couple of texts. Some of you know I coach college football. Right. And a couple of coaches texted me asked if I heard Lane to the Vikings. So I'm thinking, what's going on? Like, what is going on? And then somebody from Ole Miss texted me, yo, I think Lane's going to the NFL. Of course, I'm thinking, okay, whatever. I mean, I love Lane, but I'm over the rumors. We've been through this whole thing maybe eight times with jobs. We went through with Florida. They said he wanted Florida. They said he wanted LSU. You know, every job that opens up, is Lane Kiffin's name is going to get thrown around. But this felt like it had some substance to it, especially with the whole staff leaving so abrupt. That was the same day Kevin Smith left, too. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not really, I'm not going to write it off yet, but it's just something to think about. 
if he did leave. But um, the trust lane crowd, you don't have to keep doing damage control. Just relax. We don't need you in every mention. Every time lane gets mentioned for something, going a like absolutely crazy. Relax. We'll be fine. I'm I'm pretty sure he'll be our coach next year. But I mean, if he goes to NFL, he goes to NFL. Whatever. Yeah. Anybody I'm- else? Yeah, yeah, I got some takes here. I'm at the point where <clears throat> if he leaves, he leaves, right? I like Lane Kiffin a lot. Lane Kiffin's a cool guy. He's a cool coach. He's got your name in the headlines every day. He's done a pretty good job at Ole Miss. Won 10 games in his second season as an Ole Miss head coach. Uh, not really happy with the recruiting effort right now, but he seemingly says he has a plan, and so I guess he does, but... If he leaves, he leaves. I'm tired of you know worrying about him flirting with everybody. He's obviously hotter than we are. He's the 10, the stating is 6, and the 6 is scared because the 10's now flirting with a few 7s and an 8. And you know what? If you leave to go to the NFL, go. Just go. Like, I'm tired of worrying about it. I'm not going to have anxiety over it. If you want to leave, go ahead. But, you know, I don't know. I, I like the guy. I don't want to lose him. Don't misconstrue this as... You know, Randy, yeah, no, we don't want to lose him, but yeah. we're not going to beg the man to stay. Don't start this straw man bullshit of, oh, Randy wants him gone. It's like, no, I don't want to fire him. I want, A, want him to do his job. And B, I want, I want him to just stop flirting with every open job. And I get it. You're not going to come out every single time and say, you know, I'm not taking this job. I'm not taking that job. But your name's in every single coaching search. There's something to it. Like, someone is putting your name out there. Whether it's your agent, whether it's you, there's something going on there. I'm just tired of you going around, you know, flirting it up with everybody when you're in a relationship with us, right? And we gave, we just gave you raise everything you asked for. You get here. We just gave you an engagement ring. We just proposed, and now you're still going around flirting with the eights. You're flirting with the sevens. You know what? Either commit to us and you say, you know what? Hey, we're gonna get married, or move on, right? Go for greener pastures, man. See how that goes, but that's my opinion. I'm not even. I, I'm not even asking for a marriage. I think I, just as long as you say you'll get engaged to us, I'm good with that. Yeah, marriage um, isn't really the right word, but the next step. Take the next step with us. That's fine. I agree. Um, I'm playing a little devil's advocate here, obviously. Uh, but was there any proof to the fact that he went and took an interview with the Minnesota Vikings? I don't think there's any proof at all. I don't, I don't think there's any proof. It's all, it's, I, all, it's all rumors and hearsay. It's anyway. all speculation. I agree. I agree. Yeah. No. At, the, at the same time, and, and just kind of what I'm getting at is that we are all kind of working on some rumors here. And I I mean, I'm not trying to, like, call anybody out because I know I freaked out about it, like, for sure. And I know I think most of us here oh, did so freak out about it. Yes. But I think it's kind of a bad look when we get a lot of fans on social media. Twitter, obviously, is the main one. But, like, a lot of fans on social media, they're adding, acting – Lane Kiffin, like, calling him out for trying to go for the Minnesota job. They're they're talking about him leaving. They're, they're doing all this kind of shit, and it's like, it, it's just kind of a bad look on the fan base, in my opinion. Um, and, and again, like, this is kind of a first for Ole Miss fans. We've never had a coach that's just been up for grabs like this, like, every single second of a season. Like, yes, we had Hugh Freeze, who might have been going to Florida. He might have been going somewhere else. But, like, outside of that, we pretty much fire our coaches when they do badly. And Lane Kiffin isn't even there yet, and I just don't. I think this is kind of new territory, so I understand it with the fan base just kind of freaking out about, hey, he might go somewhere else. But at the same time, look, there's greats to have about Lane Kiffin. We had a 10-win season. We brought in a bullshit recruiting class. In the same sentence, there, he did say he was going to hit the transfer portal really hard. And in my opinion, look, I didn't like the recruiting class, but if he did hit the transfer portal hard. It, it needed to be successful, and so far, I mean, looking at the guys we have, it's been it's successful. It's been successful so far, and look, I don't expect a lot of freshmen you're bringing in in a recruiting class, unless you're Alabama, unless you're Georgia. I don't expect your freshmen to be coming in and being immediate impacts. I do kind of expect the guys you're getting out of a transfer portal to be immediate impact guys, and that's kind of who we're bringing in right now. You know, he brought in guys on the defense. Last year, the year before, he brought in guys that made immediate impacts and changed this team to be able to be a 10-win team. And that's kind of what it looks like right now is that he's bringing in guys again that are going to be immediate impact guys. Now, I know 
we are a little slow on the offensive side. We need some wins on that side. But And it's a big if. If you can keep Zach, if you can maybe get another receiver, and I'm not even saying Dion, and obviously we need a quarterback. But really we're looking at two positions right now that we kind of need to win on, that we can win on. The defense looks really good right now. We have a lot of good transfers coming in, and our recruiting class wasn't all that terrible. I think maybe give Lane a little more time before we just kind of write him off. I don't know. So, you're, <clears throat> I don't disagree with you. And I think if you upgrade at quarterback, whether that's Jackson Dart or, you know, Lord help us all, Caleb Williams, which I don't think is happening. But if you can get a quarterback, if you can get – let's for the sake of this discussion – Let's say you get Jackson Dart. He brings Michael Trigg with you, with him. That's a tight end. You add just one receiver, and I think it's a success. And I won't complain about it. Right? You've addressed some needs. You addressed you know a lot of needs, to be honest. But I don't know. To me, it just seems like you can do both. You can pull in elite transfers and recruit at a better level than you are. And everyone yep. keep, everyone keeps citing this 24-7 team ranking that count that counts transfers in as well. I'm looking at just straight high school recruiting. It's what, twenty third in the country? Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's just low for a ten win team that went to an access bowl. If the if the class is around eighteen, seventeen, eighteen, you know, up to fifteen, I'm over the moon. Right? I mean you put it at fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, you bring in all these transfers and this is looking like, hey, we're building something. But now it just looks like I don't want to put in the work to recruit high school kids. I'm going to pull in a bunch of transfers so that we don't have a down year so I can get out of here as soon as possible. And then when you do leave, you're going to leave the team and the front end school with zero depth, nobody new, nobody who's been working at it, nobody's been progressing, and the new coach is going to have to do the same thing to even field a team. I think that I agree with you there, Randy, and I think that's where most of our get most of us get our gripes from is because the foundation isn't really set, and we no. just won ten games and we don't have a foundation set. The transfers are very good. I just said that. I sang those praises. I think that's a very real thing. But there are so many teams in front of us, transfers included, and I can read this list if you want. There's Tennessee who is six and seven. There's Auburn who is six and seven. There's Missouri who is six and seven. Missouri should never be in front of us. Kentucky, who, you know, they did great, fine, but Kentucky's still kicking our ass. And then there's Florida State, who didn't even make a bowl game. Th- th- those are five teams that had no business being in front of us, and even with transfers included, they're still in front of us. That's the only thing that, like, I have gripes about because we won 10 games, we went to the Sugar Bowl. We were we were the third best team in the SEC, and we're not recruiting like we are. Lanes, Lanes antics. And these things that keep coming out, rumors, whatever, coaches leaving. Um, some of our fans who, well, this is off topic kind of, a, but some of our fans who are comparing that to Alabama losing coaches, that is totally wrong. Yeah. Alabama doesn't lose their running backs coach, their OC, their DC, their best two analysts. And that's great if they did, but they can replace them. We can't afford to lose some of these guys. And I think that because of it, it is negatively, because of what Lane, you know, Lane's name all over every coaching job, it's negatively affecting the the bedrock of our program. How do you expect kids to commit to you if you won't commit to the program? I agree, and you know, I'm going to use a comparison here, and it's an NFL comparison, so it's not perfect, but it's what came to mind when you said that. You know, Alabama goes through staff changes every year. They lose people. They kids, you know, pe- coaches get upgrades. They get promotions. Look at the NFL, right? The New England Patriots. Let's, they're kind of the Alabama of the NFL. They lose assistants a lot, right? They lose assistant coaches a lot, but they keep they keep. Don't stay with me, but they they keep <laughs> trucking along, right? They stay trucking along. They stay winning. The Buffalo Bills. Let's you know, they're they're a team that's traditionally not very good, but now they're. They're winning at a high level. <clears throat> if the Buffalo Bills lost, the number of people from their front office, the number of people from their staff that the Patriots usually do, it kind of look it looks bad on the outside, don't it? It looks like they're jumping ship, like a bunch of rats on a drown on a boat. And that's what it looks like to me. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe these guys just didn't want to be here. Maybe they saw 
that you know there was a better opportunity somewhere. But to me, it feels it's hard. It just feels like they're they're leaving a, a sinking ship because they see this isn't going to work, and I don't want to be really? here when it falls. We're losing I weird I... positions. We're, Kevin yeah. Smith took a pay cut allegedly to make a. That's what I was about to, to make say. a downgrade. Miami's not better than you. It's not even on the same level as you right now. Look, no, and that that was another thing I was going to talk about. Remember when the Miami job came open? And we were all talking about, oh, Lane's going to go there. Like, not we, obviously, but like every, the entire country was talking about Lane going there. And we are all like, they can't pay him what we can or whatever. We can match it. That's a downgrade. Mm-hmm. We're, we were shitting on Miami. And then Kevin Smith decides to go there, and it just seems like a lot of people are making excuses for why that makes sense. I don't think that, mm-hmm. ever, I don't think that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's, le- it's not even a, it doesn't. It's not even a lateral move. It's a downgrade. Like, it's a downgrade. You can argue that, you know, Texas A&M for Durkin was at least a lateral, maybe an upgrade. You can argue that he's still the co DC there. He is. He. Yeah. But let, I'm talking. Let's, talk, be, let, let's I, be I, I, real I, honest with ourselves. That is an upgrade. Yeah. yeah look, hold on. It's not I'm, a big it upgrade. Though? It's not Whoa. a big upgrade. Yes, it's an upgrade. It's Texas A&M. They have a chance to win a championship next year. We do not. Let me let me finish my my thought here, and then we'll get into this. I'm talking just program, so I'm not even really looking at position like. The position they got because obviously Watson got a promotion position wise, so he took a job at a lesser school, mm-hmm. a lesser program. That you get that, that's fine. Wilson Love goes takes the same job at Oregon. I'll argue that's an upgrade. Um, Jeff Levy leaves for the same position at Oklahoma. That's an upgrade. That's a college football playoff team. That's his now, alma mater. That's now funny. they're also now look. These aren't massive upgrades. They're not you know going from NCAA to NFL, but they're upgrades either way. Kevin Smith took a downgrade to go to a job that paid less reportedly. I haven't seen the numbers, but if Chef says it, he's probably seen it somewhere. It apparently took less money to go to a program that is lesser than Ole Miss right now. I think Love took a downgrade. I know that's just a your strengths and condition guy, but like I th- Oregon, I don't think that's necessarily a big upgrade. I think Oregon only facilities wise, facility barely facility. And facilities, their weight room is nice, but it's, it's the same size as ours. They have the same equipment as we do. That's another one, though, that like the entire fan base talked about how that's a downgrade for Lane. Why would he take that job? And then one of his assistants take that job? I don't know. That's the only thing that strikes me wrong about that. I don't think Oregon's a downgrade at all. I don't think it's a massive upgrade, but I think that Nike money is loud. Being tied into the Nike program is loud. Being okay. at, you know, that's a team where if they get things right, they can win the Pac-12 every single year. That yeah, not anymore. They've just never been able to get it right, and it's I know, Pac-12. But they got to get it right, and they got a new coach. They got a new coach now. I would have taken that job. I would have. Lanning has never been a head coach. Like he'll probably be gone from there in two or three years. He hired Kenny Dillingham as his OC, which Kenny Dillingham has not done anything at Florida State. He didn't do anything at Auburn when he was there. I mean, is. Oregon's just not somewhere you go for your first head coaching job. I think you can make it as a strength coach there, even if your staff's not great. I, as long as you perform, I think you can make that. Yeah. I mean, their their old strength coach is world renowned. The guy with the mustache. I, yeah. I forget his name, but Feld is that his name? Feld. Yeah, Aaron Feld. Aaron Feld's, I mean, world famous just because he was the strength guy at Oregon, and he had a handlebar mustache, and he was ripped. Wilson Love is super energetic. He's going to be the guy at Oregon. Oregon fans are going to love him. He's going to be decked out in the best Nike gear possible. The Instagram's going to pop off. He's going to make a name for himself, make a brand for himself. I mean, I would do it. I get what you're saying, too, Reed, that the staff may not be there in two years. But to me, I think the Oregon brand and the Nike brand is something I'd want to be a part of. I sound like Kayvon Thibodeau right now, but... So then, oh, let's not even do that. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, nah. LeBron James of the Pac-12. Nah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know. It it sounds like, and I'm not putting you on the spot here, Randy, but it sounds like you're kind of saying let's not freak out about the coaches we're losing just yet. I'll say, I'm not freaking out just yet, but I do think it's fishy that everybody seems to be leaving. That. Not, and you know, of course, that's hyperbole. Not everybody, but a lot it, of a lot of people are leaving. You're having a lot of coaches leaving a program that just won ten games, that has a head coach that everyone calls a genius, that has a quarterback going first round, that you know is prime SEC West territory. 
you know, that's a dream job for a lot of people, and these guys are leaving it. And I think there's something to it. You know, I, every day it seems I wake up and, well, so-and-so's leaving. You know, we had what's that guy's name, the quarterback analyst who left, the one that Matt Corral raved about? Holek. Holek? Yeah, yeah Holek left. Where do you go, to Oklahoma? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that's a guy you should – that's a guy you work been to keep. A, could that have been a Levy guy? I'm sure it was a Levy guy. But at Ole Miss, I'm working to keep that guy. If Matt Corral says he's the reason that he became who he yeah. is, I work to keep that True. guy. I agree. I don't let him go to Oklahoma to work with Jeff Levy. To do the same job. Yeah, I'd make him like Again. quarterback coach or something. Again, playing a little devil's advocate here. I think it's a positive note that Partridge is staying throughout all of this. And it also kind of seems like Partridge seems to be – he seems to be getting like a recruit every few days. I mean, we're adding a lot. He to works the so hard. He works his ass and he's, off. He's he's getting guys that we have no business getting. Let's be honest. No. They had Michigan and Ohio State after that Central Michigan kid. Um, there were a lot of guys after the Iowa State guy. That guy's also a stud. Like we have we have some oh, dogs yeah. coming in right now. If we had a partridge on offense, I would be a lot less critical of Lane and his recruiting. If you bring in, I, if, if, I don't know. Look, I don't know this Charlie Wise dude. He wasn't impressive <laughs> at USF, but. If he can recruit like Partridge does, let Lane do whatever Lane wants to do. He can go to the Bahamas all day long if Charlie Weiss Jr. is bringing in, you know, four stars and transfers and guys that are going to compete immediately. But they haven't shown that they had that guy. I mean, it's not Derek Nix. Derek Nix brings in kids, but he's not bringing in the whole offense. I mean, it's not that offensive line coach's name, but Thornton. I mean... I don't know who. Oh, you gotta have a guy step up. Yeah. And if I'm if I'm Lane and nobody steps up, I'm stepping up. I am walking in some living rooms and I am kissing some hands and some kissing some babies and I am, you know, politicking my way to some recruits and then win ten games again, go to a Sugar Bowl again, and then if you get a job offer, take it. You showed you can do it twice without somebody else's players. That, I think that's yes, contingent that is on something quarterback. That, I'll be honest. Yeah. Well, he didn't bring that quarterback in. And I think a lot of teams see that and they think, well, you didn't bring him in. That's just a guy that was there that was uber talented. And we get it. We get a it. lot of people could have won 10 games with Matt Corral. Yeah. I think they want to see him do it again. See him do it with someone else. Bring in a guy. Show us you can do I it. Think, I'll tell you what. I, I, know, I know I want to see him Matt do it again. I think everyone makes, like, Matt – Lane's guy because when Matt played for Matt Lou, they didn't win. Well, he and he was, he was gonna leave. bad. He was and going he to Oregon. Did not play for yeah. yeah. He he was out. He was out the door. And and that's why people make him Lane's guy because Lane convinced him to stay. Yeah, and that's fine. But he didn't bring him in. Like exactly, he was already there. It's a lot easier to convince well, a guy. And, hey. and and the, and the other thing is, uh, like, he has not brought in a quarterback. No, we're we're still waiting on it. He brought in oh, Luke Altmaier. Well, and people try to act like Luke Altmaier was Levy's. So, either take your I mean, pick there. I mean, it was either Levy's or it was Lane. But either way, like, that's not our quarterback next year. I think we all kind of realize that. I don't care if Levy signed the papers with him. Lane's the head coach. You brought him in. That's kind of how I see it. You have to sign off on everything. I, think, you I had, agree. You had to approve of this. You're responsible at the end of the like day. It. I would like an, I would like another step. You can't yeah. have Luke be your only guy in three years. Bring me a four-star quarterback in. Yes. Bring a transfer in, and let's roll. They did bring in a Renfro, who was gone. All right, all right. That dude sucked. Yeah. yeah. Mm. He's playing he wide receiver at Arkansas let's, now. Let's get that out of the way. Is he even playing quarterback at Arkansas? They move him. No, he's wide playing receiver. No, he's he's fifth string. He's fifth string quarterback. Okay. Oh, my bad. Our fifth string quarterback's Mac Brown, so I'm not really holding that high for Tate Renfro. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Mac may be the third string at this point. Our fifth string might be like. I don't know, uh, Chase Kelly or Kelly, whatever his first name is. Kelly Nason. No, Casey. it might be Drummond. Casey. Yeah, it might be. It might be Drummond. Well, Drummond's gone now, so it might be Casey Kelly now. It's probably. Well, it's probably Kelly Oh yeah, you're right. He did. Oh God, I don't. I don't. Oh, don't yeah, say don't, that name. Don't, don't say that name again. I don't ever want to hear Kelly Nation's name. Yeah, again. we we actually need to get a kicker out of the portal too <laughs> while we're at it. If uh, Costa can't come back to the Egg Bowl, I've heard Kelly Nation's name enough to to last me a lifetime. That right, kid, right, right. that kid was something else in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, you had a month to. He was the one that missed the. He was the one that missed the uh, open when we scored. He missed yes. the uh, yeah. PAT against Louisville. 
Because mm-hmm. everybody was like, what the oh, fuck, boy. Costa? And it was like, that's not Costa, that's Kale Nation. And then he didn't kick, yeah. he didn't kick again until the Egg Bowl. Looked okay in the Egg Bowl. Comes into the Sugar Bowl where he had a month to prepare and looked like dog shit. Those kicks weren't even close. No. They left his foot. Oh. And the whole stand, the stands were just like, bruh. <laughs> it was like, that's nowhere near going in. Like, at least make it close. They found his high school stats. He went like four for thirteen in high school. Like who? Who like found this kid? Hey, if they need a kid, if they need a kid, I actually, I actually have a kid. So whoever's got that number, I'll tell him to go walk on. For real, we need something. Go pull a soccer girl or something. (laughs) I prefer that over what we got now. Bring in that Sarah girl, whatever her last name was. Yeah. All right. Uh, in the interest of finding a new kicker, I think um, we can probably call it here, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Basketball is um, over. We're, well, we're they are bad. We're still gonna <laughs> fire. We're Kermit. still gonna touch on bas- We're still gonna touch on basketball. We just have too much other stuff to talk uh, about right I'm now. I'm leaving. Uh, no, 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 no. We're not. We're not. Oh. We're not doing that right now. No. Calm down. Calm down. Oh hell no. <laughs> We that that is going to be something that we talk about here soon. Um, it's just we have way too much to talk about with like Lane and everybody else going on right now. So fire Kermit, um, man. I think that's about as much as you need right now. Fire fire Kermit. Look, if we win two games before we do the next podcast, we're we're gonna build it up talking about being an NIT bubble team. So it's gonna be great. But unless that doesn't happen, whatever. Um, we'll catch you guys next time we talk. But thank you, Wes, Chef, Randy. I think. Uh, this is a good cover of you know what's going on right now, and uh, catch us next time. So thanks for listening. National champion Matt Luke. <laughs>